What's up to all my listeners out there? My name is Lindsay, and thank you so much for checking out the AMO Podcast. And today we have an awesome 2022 NBA playoff preview with your favorite guest, Uncle James. And I hope you guys really enjoy this episode, and we're going to get straight into it. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be talking about the NBA with one of my favorite guests, Uncle James. You want to say hello? Hello! (laughs) So, to start, we're going to talk about all about the NBA playoffs today. But to start, I want to talk about some teams that didn't make the playoffs. So, which team are you most disappointed in for not making the playoffs? Not not even the... Let's go with not even the play-in. Oh, (laughs) not even the play-in. You took mine... You know, it's funny. I wondered if you were going to make that distinction. I'm going to do the play-in team because they actually didn't get close. So, I feel like I can say it. But I think the NBA playoffs are... Uh, sorely lacking the Charlotte Hornets. And, and again, I know because first of all, LaMelo Ball has arrived as a superstar and the playoffs would be better for him getting his first opportunity to show. Uh, but you know, I, I've seen stats recently where the Charlotte Hornets are like fourth or fifth uh, most efficient offensive team in the league. They are great offense. So even going in as a seven or eight seed, they're going in for the eight seed. Um, I could see them still have, having uh, stolen a game from Miami just based on their offensive prowess, you know, winning 133 to 128 type of game. And also, it has just been a lot of fun. I mean, certainly more fun than the banged up Hawks getting in with what looks to be no Capella, right? So I, I looked beyond that, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't see one team that didn't get in at least into the play-in part that I thought, you know, just you know, had bad luck with injuries or was peaking at the end of the season. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm, I'm going to stick, I'm going to ignore your console. It is your <laughs> podcast, but I'm going to ignore it. And I'm going to say uh, LaMelo Bell and uh, the Hornets. I really like the Hornets. I think they were a really good team. I saw the whole thing that happened with Bridges when he threw his mouth guard at somebody. And, like, that was really bad. But luckily he was nice about it because, like, he doesn't seem like that type of guy. Like, because, you know, some people have, like, bad reps in the NBA about, like, being, like, annoying or, like, saying stuff or, like, trash-talking people. But, like, he seems just like a genuine nice guy. So, but I really like LaMelo Ball. I think, like, he, like, you see, like, the last few years they've lost in the playing game by 20 points. So I think they're just a young team. And I think they still need to continue to grow. Also, not having Gordon Hayward is like also hard and like having issues but like as I know as a Celtics fan Gordon Hayward always has injury issues so you really can't count on him very much but but I think they I think if they got in a little bit more like veteran prowess in their team like that could definitely help because they have a lot of young talent like you see it could work with like the Memphis Grizzlies they have like a lot of younger people like John Moran Desmond Bain but like so it can work like that system it's just like I think they need somebody like a Chris Paul to come into the Suns and like take over and like help them a little bit no question Ball was trying to do too much (laughs) you know to, to get in to get his team over the hump yeah, but I think the team I'm most disappointed in for not making it just from preseason stuff is the Lakers because I always because we always like to talk bad about the Lakers. But for a team that has 40 nationally televised games and you don't even get over 500, that's kind of crazy. You you know that the Spurs they didn't even have one nationally televised game until the play-in. No, I didn't. I didn't realize. I thought the, I thought the NBA rules that every team had to have one. Okay, maybe they have. Okay, okay and, but and that could be, and that could be ridiculous <laughs> NBA TV on a Thursday night that nobody ever saw. Yes, right? or that could just, yeah, right. that could literally be on NBA right. TV. Like, oh, right. we'll, that we'll throw them yes. up from League right. Pass right. just right. because. Right. But, like, that's, like, literally insane. Yes. Like, that a team with that sort of, like, oh, my gosh, they have Russell Westbrook, LeBron, right. and Anthony Davis, and, like, they're all out all the time, and yeah. they're still on nationally televised TV all the time. Yeah, well, that's, you know, obviously that's the nature of beast. I, I benefited from that when a guy named LeBron played for my Cavs at one point. But I, I, I had to take issue with this. Like, 
to me, I look at the Lakers and I say, yes, preseason expectations, I understand. But I've seen enough of that team. I mean, you know, uh, Davis, you know, can't stay healthy for three games in a row. Russell Westbrook looks like a shell of himself. LeBron's in and out of the lineup. And seems like the only team you know, he can beat is Cleveland anymore. When he comes back to Cleveland, he waxes them with triple doubles. But, I had a, you know, their coach is already fired. They weren't particularly well coached. I'm actually glad they're out in the playoffs. I don't want to, because of the 40 games you mentioned, I've already seen them enough this year. So I have no issue of, of not seeing them in the playoffs this year. The question wasn't whether I'm upset. I'm just disappointed in them as a team with the high caliber and how much money the three of them make that yeah, they but, couldn't even make, like, get even, like, a 10 seed. They but, were they were yeah. close going into the yeah. end, but, like, just the overall season, like, people were bad-mouthing them all season long. But LeBron has been in L.A. for three seasons now, and he has a championship and two doesn't make the playoffs. <laughs> so, okay, know, one season he was, like, he got injured, like, most of the end of it. Yeah, but, but that, like, that, that's unfortunate. That's what's going to be happening to that team. They're all breaking down. They're all <laughs> got the, you know, the stability of a potato chip at this point. You know, they're going to have a new coach next year. There's no way they're going to get that Westbrook money off their cap. They're trying to trade Anthony Davis by all reports. But um, so I, I just, again, I'm not saying they can't, you know, if they get some health on their side, they can't be a big power again. But boy, I, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're saying you're disappointed in them, but if I would have told you that Anthony Davis would have played as few games as he did, you might have guessed they'd be close to not making the playoffs. Yeah, I guess so. So, to get into some real teams that actually made the playoffs, we're first going to start with the Celtics versus Nets, because this is definitely one of the most talked about matchups. Like, I've been watching SportsCenter, ESPN, NBA Today, and, like, this is the series everyone's talking about, because also because now that Kyrie's back at the end, that makes it even more juicy of a series. So, if you were the Celtics, would you have purposely tried to avoid the Nets, or does it really not matter? Like, I don't know how you do that. You know, you're certainly not going to have your general manager come in the locker room and say, hey, look, Tatum, look, uh, I, you know, we, you know, have an off night tonight. You know, look, uh, you know, you're not going to do that. Or you don't play them. Right. But like if you, if you bench say. them and then all of a sudden they play the previous five games and you sit them down for, you know, a span of three games and play, you know, guys on 10 day contracts, you're sending a message to your team that you don't think they, they're going to have to beat the Nets at some point. In the playoffs, even if they were totally on opposite sides of the bracket and came together in the Eastern Conference Finals. So my maybe as a former athlete, my view is to say you got to take them on. Um, you can't send that kind of message. But I will say it's bad luck and it's it's poor luck that, you know, as a two seed, you would see a team of this caliber in the seven seed. Yeah, it's like crazy, but I'm definitely worried about like Williams being out affecting the Celtics, even though I've seen like things that he could be back at like the end of the season. Like they've been saying about Ben Simmons, apparently that they really want them. <laughs> it doesn't seem like anybody wants him back, but there's been reports that he is that he may come back for like the fourth, fifth or sixth game, even though he's barely been working out, which is like really random. But I think having home court advantage will play in the Celtics favor, especially because Celtics fans are like like crazy and also because like I know that could hopefully get into like some of the top caliber players like Kyrie and Kevin Durant's head I'm hoping well Tatum has arrived uh, we all know that and I mean you could definitely make a case Durant being the best player in the NBA I don't think that's far-fetched uh, to me it's going to be interesting with Brown versus Kyrie and that you know which Robin is going to best support their Batman. Or Marcus and, Smart. We always yeah. have Marcus Smart. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big Marcus I love, Smart fan. I love Marcus Smart. <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, again, because, you know, you're going to have to beat uh, 
um, the Nets on the, with your wingmen and you know Tatum and Brown. You know they're going to have to make Durant work on defense, which he's capable of doing. But obviously Brown is a heck of a defensive player for the Nets. So you're going to you know they they've got a dedicated defensive lockdown specialist for one of your two guys, and that they're going to have to come up big. They can't have a bad series. Yeah, I think as a Celtics fan, definitely the biggest player that I feel like will impact the series a lot is Al Horford and whether he can like take the step up because like I think Daniel Tice has been like a, he's a great player on the team. Like he was on our team like previous years and then they came back again but without Robert Williams that's like a big player we're missing because you could look like okay if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are defending well at the front and then if someone happens to get by them then Robert Williams is there to scare him and like swat it away so like we need somebody to scare Kyrie away we don't want him going in the paint and doing his crazy moves and like getting there so we really need Al Horford to like step up and like like stop him yeah and that's a good one and you know Horford's obviously a guy you know at his age you 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 baby him you maintain him through the season but with the way the playoff games are spread out, you know, play on Monday, don't play again until Friday. Uh, yeah. This really benefits, you know, if you're going to have to get more meaningful minutes from him, uh, at least this is the time of year where you can expect that. Yeah, I'm hoping for some playoff out. So my prediction officially, I'm putting it out there, is I think the Celtics are going to win in six games. Well, you know, because <laughs> we're doing the first round and there's a lot of matchups where it's pretty much, I think we're both going to agree I first of all, I cannot see the series not going seven games. Either side, I can't. I, I just it just have, just smells of game seven to me. And maybe because you beat me in predictions last year, and mm. you spent the whole rest of the year telling me, reminding mm. me about that, I think I'll do a Nets in seven. But that's not what my heart wants. But I uh, again for a little for a little you know we'll see a game seven. You and I'll have rooting interest there. Uh, I'm going to say the Nets get it done in seven. Wow, I bring you on my podcast and you're bad-mouthing my team in the first playoff match. I, I wish you saved the series for last. Now I, you know, now, I, mean, I, I may not get a chance to do the rest of the series. Okay, so I guess we'll go on to another one after you just bad-mouth my team. But next I want to talk about the Grizzlies versus the Timberwolves because I'm definitely excited to see the John Moran versus Anthony Edwards, especially because even though John Moran sat out a lot of games, his team literally went like something like 20-2 and two without him, yeah. which is literally insane how great their team is at like the youngish age they are. So do you think the will the Wolves actually have a true chance against the Grizzlies? Uh no. <laughs> um and 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 again, I actually really like what the Wolves have done this year. They finally have taken uh, a little bit of a step here where they kind of had some individual talent and haven't been able to, you know, get their feet wet in the playoffs. Um, Edwards looks like he's going to be a monster. You know, it's funny. I wasn't so sure when he came out in the draft uh, how good he was going to be. So he's, he's kind of shut me up in that regard. <laughs> but you started with saying the Lakers were your most disappointing team at the start of the season expectation. No team impressed me more than the Grizzlies this season. Just amazing. I mean, not a bunch of household names. Um, you know, John Moran's great, but as you pointed out already, they won so many games without him. Um, but like guys like Tyrus Jones and Desmond Bain and guys, like I said, that you know weren't top 10 draft picks, mm. they get so much. They are so well coached. They just, you know, it's a next man up. Everybody says that. But that's a team that lives it. Yeah. You know, if this guy's having a thing, you know, if this guy's two for 12 from the field, they have so many players who are, who are able to, you know, to raise their game and play well. I'm super impressed with that team. So, again, nothing really anti the Wolves here. It's just that I think they're running into a buzzsaw as far as first-round matchup goes. Now, I don't know if 
the Grizzlies can get out of the West. But as a first-round matchup goes, uh, I can't see Memphis uh, taking their foot off the pedal in this one. Who do you think will do better? Do you think John Morant would do better or Anthony Edwards? Well, they're a little different, obviously, uh, in terms of Anthony Edwards has really just become like the scoring machine, and then the playmaking falls to Russell and Beverly. Uh, so he's just trying to go out and get his, and he's really become an elite scorer. Uh, whereas Morant has to be, even though he can score, and certainly can score 35 at the drop of a hat, He's got to keep everybody about that. Those, those mixture of guys, I said. So he's kind of has to play a more of a balanced game. You know, obviously, it wouldn't surprise me if Edwards had a series where he scored 32 or 33 points and Morant kept his more and closer to the 20, but with, you know, the good assist numbers in that. So, again, I think Morant is the more efficient player. And so I'll say he gets the better of it. But, but Edwards won't be embarrassing himself for this. I think Anthony Edwards, I feel like their team needs him more because, like, if he's not doing well, then, like, I give them about, like, a 0% chance because, like, he's, like, <laughs> just, like, definitely, like, the little spark that they, like, sure. needed for this team because they had, like, these players before. Yeah. Like, it's not well, – besides, like, bringing in Patrick Beverly, yeah. like, they brought him in, which has been, like, great. Even – how do you feel about them? Like, did you see, like, their celebration they had after they – it looks like they made it – they won, like, the whole championship. Well, again – And I feel like we talk yeah. about this every year. Yes. There's one team that always does this. Yeah, it like, doesn't – it doesn't – well, but just like I said to start, they're probably going to have a, a short stay, so they might as well enjoy it uh, a, a little bit. But uh, uh, again, I'm not going to hold that by them. I think it's been, you know, it's one of those where they can lose in the first round and say, we actually had a successful year. Now they have to build on it. They have to continue to grow. What first round exit's not going to be acceptable next year, but, um, you know, let them celebrate it, I say. Yeah, they definitely exceeded a lot of expectations for most people. I'm going to go with, for my prediction, I think the Grizzlies in five. I think the Timberwolves could definitely, like, snag an early game at home, maybe, like, on the third or fourth game. But I think the Grizzlies are just a a better overall team and, like, the way they're coached and how they just play. Like, they literally play, like, they're one, like, very unified team. Like, it, like it's, it always just seems like they're, like, always ready to go and they don't have, like, one big star, like, dominating their game. Like, maybe you could look at, like, the Bucks and how they have Giannis or Embiid and how they have their three stars. Like, they're just one good overall team and, like, that's, like, definitely a testament to how great they are. Yeah, and I'll say just to, to move on to the next series is normally my rule of thumb in the first round is to give uh, a series in six, you know, give them two games. Um, but I'm in line with you on this one. I think Grizzlies in five. Okay, so next up going, as I just talked about Giannis, we have the Bucks versus the Bulls. And I'm really ready to see playoff DeRozan. I'm hoping he'll get cooking for the Bulls this year. But do you think the series will go tight? Like, it will be, like, pretty close, like, within games, like, seven or six? Uh, I'm not there with you on that one either. Um, now, uh, look, I'll, I'll cut through the suspense. I won't build up a big case and do a switcheroo. I, I do like the Bucks in this series myself. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, uh, the Bulls are a little banged up, not necessarily in terms of obviously no Lonzo Ball, but not in terms of who they don't have, but even the players playing. I mean, they've all been nicked up and missed time in the second half of the season. And um, uh, I, I don't think it's, a, you know, to, to, to face the defending champions who are so battle tested uh, to go with, you know, with that out every single one of your weapons at, you know, at the peak of efficiency. I, I don't see it going long. Um, and I would say, um, as I said before, it's hard. I know it means eliminating them in Chicago, but uh, I'm going to say the Bucks and Six in what is a relatively easy series for them. Okay, that's interesting because you said you. Why do you think the Bucks and Six though? Because you said that you don't. You think it would be pretty short, but so you think you like, could get like two home games and then like finish them well, out? Yeah, and, yes, exactly. And I, I'd say to me, if you said to me, well, Six is it 
what's the, do you think more five or more seven? Easily more five. I did not see this as seven. And obviously I understand that means winning in Chicago is that would probably mean losing their home game in game five. So it looks a little weird that way, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks won in five, to be honest with you. I think, you know, they're, like I said, battle tested, uh, um, the Bulls, you know, this is, this is a new group in this situation. So I don't think the Bucks, I don't think you're ever going to look at this series and say, Ooh, uh, Chicago's up two games to one or the series itself is two to two at any point. I don't think it's going to be that type of series. Yeah, well, even I, I think March Madness is getting to me. I feel like I got to pick one like team that I'm going to like <laughs> that I think can like get a little far. And yeah. I didn't pick the Timberwolves in this one, but I feel like the Bulls could definitely show up and do really well in this series because like I think DeRozan, he's like very talented. He knows how to hit those big shots. I've seen like his crazy fifty point games like back to back, and even though, like the Bulls had a really strong start, and then they kind of like crumbled a lot in the rest of the year. So right. I think if we see the team in the beginning of the year, right. I think they definitely have a good shot. And I think Alex. Caruso is also a great player, even though he has like all his wrist issues because of the. There's also some rivalry going on after the whole Grayson Allen thing that happened. Yes. So <laughs> I'm excited to see how that plays out because yeah. fans basically hate Grayson yeah. Allen very much. Yeah. So. And being a Midwestern kid, the cities of Milwaukee and Chicago do not like each other. They're very close. So there's a little bit of that in there too. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Bucks in seven because I think it will be tighter than most people think. And I think I could give DeRozan a good shot. Okay. So next up, we're going to talk about the 76ers versus the Raptors. And Siakam has had a very impressive season, averaging around 23 points per game. But Embiid has been, like, MVP unstoppable. How do you think the Raptors will do against the 76ers? Well, it's interesting. Um, I think, uh, you know, we we seem to be kind of landing on the same teams, but I think our visions of the series are a little bit different. And in this one, I said earlier how I was so impressed with Memphis this year. Wow, what a great job they did in Toronto with this team. Uh, had injuries throughout the year, like everybody does, had injuries, but had to kind of put a group together, a very guard-based offense. Um, had a, uh, what I think, unfortunately for Evan Mobley, probably Rookie of the Year and Scotty Barnes. Uh, so perimeter-oriented, so many players that can do so many things uh, with the ball. They're a very fun team to watch. And I think they're going to give this thing trouble. I mean, they actually have enough big bodies. I mean, they have three centers that can at least give them minutes against Embiid. And I think they can slow him down a little bit. Um, Harden was limping into the playoffs, although I do expect him to be Harden and lift his game a little bit. Um, and so I am, I'm going to say that the Sixers win this series, but I said they're going to have a little bit of trouble. And I'm going to actually say my little plucky little Raptors are going to take them to a game seven. So that's, you know, but, but I will say the Sixers It'll be a repeat with like Kawhi and stuff. Usually they always go seven. So I don't have as much optimism for the Raptors, even though maybe, I think it could definitely, they could snag a game or two. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if they did go, if it was a game in six or a game in five. But I just think the 76ers with like Tyrese Maxey has been like great Mm -hmm. for that team. And like people thought it would just be a duo, but he's made this a trio. Mm -hmm. And like, but I think definitely with, like, the centers that the Raptors had, because Embiid's even said that he expects to be double team, triple team, right. because that's how you win games. You know if their best player, if Harden's not doing well, then they're screwed. Right. But, right. you know, they also have Tyrese Maxey, who's also a very good player. Right. So I think the addition of Harden and, like, just Maxey being good, it makes them so dangerous in the whole entire playoffs. I think they're a great team overall. So is your final prediction Sixers in a sweep? Um... <laughs> I feel like maybe I'll change my pick. I think maybe, originally I said Sixers and four, but I think I'll go Sixers and five. Okay, so I have a question for you. Who wins if the game the series goes six? So you got the Sixers and five. I said Sixers and seven. I think if it goes six, six, who gets bragging rights? I think Sixers will win no matter what. Okay, but I said Sixers and seven. So I got the Sixers winning the series, but my point is if it goes six and you now are sitting at five, who gets bragging rights? Or are we just, it's a, it's a wash. 
I guess we'll go with I guess we'll go with the Washington. Unless you think the Raptors would win in six. If it went six games, who do you think would be on the better end of it? No, the, uh, the Sixers. I yeah. Mean, I, I, right. So, I mean... But, I think the Sixers will win no matter what. But there's a big difference between a five-game series <laughs> and a seven-game series. And if it goes six, you know, I want my win, people. You know, I... <laughs> okay, if it Lindsay, goes... Lindsay took this little game okay, last year. Okay, if it's year. four or five, then I win. All right. If it's five... If it's six, seven... Oh, I like that. Then you win. Okay, very good. You heard, that, Ra- you heard that, America. <laughs> and then if the Raptors win, then nobody wins. Okay. <laughs> Even though good. you said it would be close. Oh, I'll be, take, I'll be taking those bragging rights. Trust me. We'll, we'll, we'll argue about that at a different okay, time. Okay, when the Bulls do well, then I'll have okay, bragging rights too. But... <laughs> Okay, next up we got the Heat versus Hawks, which was a last-minute addition because obviously the playing games were yesterday. So I'm not exact. I'm I've gone. I was going back and forth because obviously the games were last night, so I was making like predictions in the morning, and I've been kind of going back and forth with this team because I feel like Trey Young either like really really shows up or he doesn't. Like I saw how he was with the Knicks last year and how he was like very talky and like all that stuff. And they ended up doing really well. They beat the 76ers. So last year was a very upswing year for them. This year was a little more of a downswing in the playoff season that they actually got. But I think that they could make a little bit of a splash, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I won't spend a lot of time on this one because obviously the Hawks had to win two games in order to get in there. And it looks to be, and there's no official word as we tape this, but you know, you would have to think Capella is going to miss games, if not the whole series. So that's really a big blow in terms of Adebayo uh, that they have to deal with on the inside. So, I mean, Trey Young is, you know, he is capable of winning games by himself. He's shown that in, in playoff basketball before. I really can't see this being much of a series. So, again, I'm going to say, you know, good job on the Hawks part. I guess to get to the playoffs but you know I see this as a heat and five type of situation so not much more to be said on that it's been a good year they just they just don't have the manpower and the heater rested and getting healthy at the right time yeah I think I was gonna go with heat and seven but I think I'll go with heat and six just because I think Trey Young like if he has like a, I think he could get a couple good games in the series because that's just the type of player he is yeah. but I think without Capella like being there to defend like some of the top players on the yeah. heat like uh, Bam Adebayo and like Jimmy Butler is very talented, so I feel like the Heat have definitely been one of like the quiet, silent assassins of the yeah. season. A lot of, even though they're literally the top seed, like I feel like teams don't, especially like I hear a lot of talk about the Suns, but I feel like they have. I feel like a lot of people underestimate them, so I'm definitely very curious to see them. I couldn't agree with you more, Lindsay. It's amazing how much Sports Center coverage the Nets get for all the soap <laughs> operas that go on, and then the Heat just go out and win. And even when they don't have Jimmy Butler and Adebayo missed a lot of games this year, they just go out and win. And you know these these super teams, these mega teams, Ben. Simmons, all this thing you hear about, and the Heat just go about their business. So I think they'll certainly go about their business in this first series. Yeah, I think definitely one of the reasons for that was because the East was very tight for a while. Mm-hmm. So like people thought like, oh, maybe like the Bucks could like people thought like maybe other teams could yeah. overtake them. And I guess they like they have Jimmy Butler, but they don't have as much of like the big huge star power like Giannis has mm-hmm. and like Embiid right. and Harden and like even Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and how mm-hmm. they had such an upswing at the yeah. end of the year. So I guess there's just been so many other storylines going mm-hmm. on. They kind of got overshadowed, but they are the number one seeds. Yeah. So that does say something. And next up, we got the other number one seed. We got the Suns versus the Pelicans. And, geez, I'm excited to talk about the Pelicans. They were great in these playing games. Like, they ended up beating the Clippers, which, like, good for them. PG is, like, playoff P, as we would say. even though, Or maybe he might have to change his name to play-in P at this point. (laughs) But he will – I don't think he'll ever live that down. Like, I just don't think it will ever go away. (laughs) But, yeah, people, like – PG gets probably like I would probably say like near the most hate in right. the entire NBA. <laughs> right, right. 
well, again, I'll, I'll, I'll go first and I'll treat this series the same way I did with the Heat. Is you know such an advantage for these number one seed teams to be waiting on the teams to get through, especially a team that had to play two tough games uh, to face them. Suns have been so good all year um, that, you know, again, we, we, there's better series to spend our time and analysis on. Um, I could easily see a sweep here. And I know I say usually I default to six, but this smells of a sweep or if you want to give them a game. But, you know, it's like the Pelicans, good for them. They got in there, a lost Zion year uh, again um, and, uh, you know, uh, had to go and, uh, and get a couple of upsets to get in this far. But the Suns very easily. Yeah, I think Brandon Ingram is very talented. And it's so funny how you see, like, so many players that, like, started on the Lakers are now, like, doing well on other yeah. teams like D'Angelo Russell and yeah. Brandon Ingram and, like, even Lonzo Ball, like, yeah. had a pretty decent year until he got injured. But right. yeah. but I definitely – I never like to pick teams getting sweeped. I don't know Ooh. why. Okay. Like, I, even though I had the 76ers getting uh, yeah. getting sweeped originally and then I changed my pick a little bit. But I I want I usually like to give teams, like, one game because I always feel like it's, it's just hard to sweep a team in general. It is. And it is. especially because of this year where – like literally you can even look at the Celtics like between like game one to like I forget what game it is I think it's like even game four that's only like 10 days so this year they have so much spread out especially compared to last year because of COVID like they've actually had the time to like relax and even like even like the Pelicans but I think they are they have enough firepower to win at least one game okay I won't argue that. Okay, this matchup I'm definitely also very interested in, along with the Celtics versus Nets. The Warriors versus the Nuggets. This one's I'm definitely very interested in because this matchup with like Jokic going against like Curry and Klay Thompson being back. Like the Warriors have had a lot of had a lot of storylines in the beginning with like Klay Thompson finally coming back and then Steph Curry getting like the three pointers. So they had a lot of storylines going around them at the early years. But who do you think will like perform better for their team, Jokic or Curry? Well, uh, much like you said earlier about Edwards, I mean, they're going to need Jokic uh, to uh, to carry them if they have any chance, not even to win the series, but to extend it to seven and, and really be a uh, either team can take a kind of series. Whereas Curry is coming off an injury uh, as of this taping. I think he's listed as probable uh, for game one. So that means he's going to play. But you certainly think there's going to be some minutes restrictions there. They certainly were successful. You know, uh, they've got enough uh, guard depth to uh to allow him to play. So I, I think if Jokic, I mean, they, the Golden State could win this series relatively easy, even if Curry is eased back and doesn't play particularly well. Denver has no shot unless Jokic is, shows the MVP form. Wow, no shot if they, he doesn't he doesn't play like an MVP? Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> if, 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 if you look at Jokic and you say, oh, he had a mildly disappointing series for him. Then Denver's not got any chance to, uh, you know, to, you know, uh, they've got uh, Porter Jr. Um, I don't know what his availability would be for but, you know, he was a piece in when Denver was, you know, the one and two seed in recent years. They don't have that cog anymore. So, no, I, I mean, as Jokic goes, they go. And I don't think there's any way around that. Yeah, I definitely think, like, Jokic will be, like, the basically it's either joker or bust for them. Like, if he's not playing, like, because he, he's, like, a great player. He's, like, a lot of people have him winning MVP this year. And, like, if you don't play like an MVP, then, like, because your team is, does well when you play like an MVP. Like, you can see uh, MVP is also the most valuable player, not just the best scorer, yeah. which, like, a lot of people debate about whether, like, he should be winning MVP yeah. even though you're a 60. But we're not going to get into that today. But, <laughs> but Curry also missed the last 12 games of the year due sure. to a foot injury. So yeah. I hope he is able to come back and make an impact. But yeah. I still have the Warriors in six. I'm not going to say it's going to go to seven. But I think Jokic might be able to snag some at home. But sure. I think the Warriors are a better overall team with yeah. Clay and Poole and Wiggins. This like, is the perfect example of what Oh, and Draymond Green, obviously. Yeah. But. The, <laughs> defaulting to the Warriors in six 
sounds about right to me too. I mean, Denver's too talented. Uh, Warriors, you know, again, you know, they may even rest if they get up three nothing. They may even rest Curry a game and things like that. So, um, so Warriors and six sounds good to me too. Yeah, because I think they'll also try to monitor. Obviously, Clay Thompson hasn't played in a playoff series since like everything that happened about like two years ago. So he's he's even a big question mark. Like, how will he do? Like, we've obviously seen great games from in the playoffs from Clay, but that will definitely be like. I'm excited to see Clay back in the playoffs and uh, and see like the Warriors actually being like really good again. Cause, like the last few years, they've been kind of on like the, they were definitely on a big downswing yeah. after they were such like on the high. Like nobody thought they could ever beat them yeah. ever again. Yeah. And like so, it's great to see them. Like I don't know if it's great for other teams, but it's nice to see them like with a great player such as Steph Curry getting like the chance to still be in the playoffs. Agreed. Yeah. So, lastly, we've got the Mavs versus the Jazz. Now, this is one of, like, the tightest matchups a lot of people see because because Luka's injury status has him maybe not playing game one. But do you think Luka will be back in time? No, I think he'll be ruled out. I actually think I saw a report last night that he's oh, out really? for game one. Oh, so okay. They, you know, that Woj had that one as a Woj bomb. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's not playing game one. How far it goes beyond that, I don't think anyone is speculating, but definitely not playing in game one. Yeah, this reminds me of, like, when we were talking about the Suns versus Bucks last year, and, and it was like, oh, like, do we – like, how do you choose? Because Giannis was such a big question mark. And obviously, he ended up playing, and he was great, and he ended up winning. But, I like, I feel like the Mavs can only go as far – just like with the Nuggets, like, they can only go as far as Luka can really take them. Correct. Right. So, it's – it's, like, hard to say whether it's, like, fair to pick, like, whether the... I feel like this could be definitely be a series that could go seven, just because, especially if Luka came back in the later games, maybe they don't... Maybe they go down 2-1 and then he comes back. But I think the Mavs could definitely win a series with, like, the way they play. Yeah, I thought when I first saw this matchup, and you're right, I, when when the playoffs seeding is happening in the final days of the regular season, I always like to go to the 4-5 matchup. It's, you know, usually one you can expect the better uh, things. And I love this matchup on paper. And prior Prior to the Luka injury, so I want to make this very clear, so my prediction, even if he was good to go for game one, is um, uh, the Jazz in seven. But in a series where it is really anybody's, I would not be surprised if the Mavs won in seven. If the Mavs won in six, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, it's you know, it's going to, but I, um, I don't know. I look at the Jazz and I, again, they had their share of injuries through the year. Um, and I don't know, I just, I like the way they're coached. I, you know, uh, you know, Luca with the whole technical foul, uh, you know, I don't want to get on a rant about this, but getting, picking that technical foul against the tanking t- trailblazers in game they won by 50, 128 to 78. He picks up a technical that knocked him out of would have defined regular season finale. Now the technical got rescinded and he played. And that's when he hurt his calf. From, but the point was they were still in a fight with the Warriors for seeding. And he was going to miss that final game because he couldn't control himself in a 50-point win against the Trailblazers. That's what I don't – I don't see him as, you know, making those types of decisions, coming into camp this year overweight, right, those types of things. So, like, when I look at Luke, i got to have all the confidence that he can put that team on his back. And he does things that make me question that. So, if I've got to flip a coin – I, I Mitchell to me is a better superstar. Uh, I know that sounds odd because of the stats, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna put my my faith in the Jazz in seven. 
Um, I think I'll put my, just to make it interesting, I'll put my faith in the Mavericks winning in seven, just because also I feel like none of us have proof of like the Jazz actually doing very, very well in the playoffs. Every year they've definitely underperformed in the playoffs, like going out in the first round or like not even like losing in the playing game. Like I just feel like I've, we've just always seen them underperform to like their real potential, even with series like when like their best players have been out and they still lose. And so I feel like I can't truly pick them. Like, I don't know if this is like unfair to say because you know the Bucks won the championship last year right. they hadn't performed very well in right. recent years so I just feel like I can't trust them enough in order to say that in that game seven like if especially if Luca is there mm-hmm. that they can outperform them and also I don't think Rudy Gobert is the defensive player of the year Marcus Smart is the defensive player of the year but or even McCall Bridges I just don't think Rudy Gobert just because he's a center should be the defensive player. Yeah, I kind of – now that word, that's a whole different topic. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying, a back-end center who gets 12 rebounds a game and blocks 2.3 shots, you know, over a perimeter guy who's got to guard all these screens and all of that and, you know, can still walk away with 1.7 steals and all of that. I actually – it is a little harder in today's NBA to be that great perimeter lockdown defender. And uh, Gobert, Gobert, I think at this point, it's reputation and the fact that centers in the past usually win that award. So I won't argue on that. I also won't argue with your Jazz take on, you know, been disappointing. It is a bit of a stretch on my part, but I, I feel comfortable saying it. And again, I wouldn't be surprised that, but as you said, you know, we've done, we do these podcasts for 40 minutes. We've got to have a few where we beat each other up a little bit. Yeah. Like, would I be surprised if the Jazz won? No, because I think they have like the great players to do it. Mm-hmm. I just never seen them take the great players to actually win those series. Okay. So Essentially, it's a four or five series, right? Yeah. Either team can win. Yeah. Okay. So lastly, we have, I want to go way in the future and I really want to know, like, what are your finals predictions? Who do you think will make it all the way out into the end? Who do you, because you've predicted who you think will win at least the first round. So you're almost, you're only like one fourth the way there. But. Well, it's interesting. I, I, I would, you know, I don't know what yours are going to be. We haven't talked about it, but I would say, I don't know that anybody, you know, could say anything other than the Suns coming out of the West. So I won't spend a lot of analysis on that. They've been the best team all year. They're going into the playoffs completely healthy, rested. They're in the best spot. If they don't do it this year, they're never going to do it is is the way I look at it. So that should be the easy one. As far as the other, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. Uh, I see a, um, you know, I I think the two teams that I'm going back and forth on are, uh, had the Nets getting out of Boston and I had the Sixers beating Toronto. And what's interesting about that is I understand that the Nets are probably the underdog in their series. So it makes it a little hard. It's like the NCAA tournament bracket. Yeah, if I take a team out you know, that has a tough first-round matchup, what's the chances of they getting all the way to yeah, the like end? Yeah, Kentucky. They right. beat St. Peter's. So. But, but also I had the Sixers you know, in a little bit of a dogfight with – but that one probably. So I think just because of how my confidence level in the first series – I think it's going to be easier to say that. I think the Sixers get out of the East. Um, um, you know, I want to say the Nets. That would be a little bold, even with you know the star power they bring. But I, I really do think the Sixers have the. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics. So, but I would be surprised if the Raptors took down the Sixers. So, based on how I see it playing out, and the fact that I had the Sixer, uh, the Celtics going down a flame. Sorry, Lindsay. Uh, I'm going to say a Phoenix uh, Philadelphia Finals. Okay, so. Since you made like basically two predictions, I definitely think the Suns. I definitely think the Suns have the best chance. I definitely think the Warriors could also give them a run for their money just because of the experience they have behind that team. I think those two teams are the only teams for me that are like I think could, if Curry's especially if Curry's playing, those are my only two. I think would I would say real contenders in the West because I think the East has been like one of the tightest years ever for the. They used to be like the throwaway team, like the West would win every year, but I definitely think the East has a real shot of taking down a team 
team like the Suns or a team like the Warriors this year with all the star power they have and all the bigs that have been doing really strong, especially because in the West they have a lot of great guards down there. So I think they could definitely give them a run for their money. I def- I think I would actually the, – definitely the two teams I'm looking at are the 76ers because of – but to me it's also like – the 76ers, if Harden plays well. Right. Because, <laughs> especially because I like teams obviously in the NBA are not stupid, and people know, or even in like high school, you're not stupid. If there's a really tall person on the team, probably try to put three people on them. <laughs> you could even see in the South Carolina women's basketball, <laughs> so, like basically Aaliyah Boston is the national player of the year. Maybe try to put three people on yeah. them and try your How best. About that? Yes. Try your best. Maybe this game she won't score a double yeah. double. So yes. you, you just try see your if somebody best. Somebody else on that team can beat your. Yeah. Own. Yeah. Maybe you just, you have, part of it is just hoping for the best. Right. So, I think the 76ers are as far as, like, to me, I think Harden's the real X factor and whether they could take it all the way. But I definitely have good faith in my Celtics as well. I think I think it's me. It's, like, Celtics slash Nets because I think either team could definitely take the series. Mm-hmm. I would love to say I think the Celtics could make it to the finals and, like, get all the way there. But the Nets are also a very strong team. So I definitely think whichever team wins that series has, like, definitely one of the strongest chances of getting all the right. way there. I, I and like see we're not even like giving the heat like anything and they're yeah, like that's the number true. one team. I was it's actually crazy. I was actually waiting for you to finish and say you know the no love for the defending champs the <laughs> team that got through it at last year yeah, and fun. beat this this amazing Phoenix team so uh, I I love the East I'm usually I'm more fascinated with what goes on in the West I would say it's one of the few years you know, in the last ten years maybe the first time I'm more interested in what's going on in the East this year yeah you can even look at just like the standings how close it was between yeah. one to four sure. all the way until the end like they were going all the way like I didn't. Think the Celtics were going to get the number one seed definitely. Right, like right. I didn't even think they would get number two. I thought they would end up with three or four. Right. So I, I am, I'm not. I don't know if I'll say I'm excited to play the Nets. Right. I think it'll be interesting. <laughs> I would say. But do you think any team in the East could actually take down? Who do you think? Which team do you think is most likely could actually beat the Suns in this series? It's an interesting point because I have the Sixers going. You didn't ask me about my finals prediction, but I have to tell you, what's the chances that Harden puts together? You already mentioned this, but all the series, and even if he got into the finals, you're just waiting for that one bad series that he seems to always have. Uh, so I actually don't think they match up. Obviously, the Bucks have some formula from last well, year. Yeah. So again, can they get there is one question. But if they got there, they know how to play that team. So I give them credit. Uh, any team that commits to defense, like the Celtics do, I know I don't have them getting out of the first round. But because of the athletes, the 6'7", the 6'10", athletes on the perimeter, I think is a good matchup uh, with the Suns as well. Um um, it's and, definitely interesting for yeah. me to see like how they're still like the number one like defense in right. the league, even without Robert Williams. Correct. Because yes. Robert Williams does a lot for yeah. this team, but like yeah. just because they're still the number one defense right. means they are putting in yeah. the work that Emi Udoka put in. Yeah. And even though like every Celtics fan at the beginning of the year like hated this team yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the, about through like the first twenty games, yeah. but well, <laughs> they've again, all come back around. The beautiful thing about predicting the Celtics to be in that game is that you would have to expect not only Williams to be back by then, but to be back playing his full complement of minutes and being as healthy as. Be. So that's something in your hat as far as like, it's like a free agent or a trade that you make, you know, in the most important game. So so there are a few teams in the East that I can see. I do not. I mean, after last year, I did not look as the Suns as invincible. They would have to be the listed favorite by, against anybody they play. Oh, yeah. But I do think they're they are capable of getting upended. Yeah, like when you have like a 62 and what are they like 62 and 18? Yeah, I think Yeah, if you have that kind of record, yeah. I don't think anyone's surprised that you're <laughs> Yes. 
I, they might be like 64 and 18. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how the math works out. That's but 82. Like, that's, that's 82. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know exactly what their record is, but when you have a record like that, I don't think anybody's surprised at anybody picking them to make it yeah. to the finals. Good job, 64 and 18. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was like, 62 and 18 equals 80. I was like, <laughs> it wasn't a shortened season, but it, it goes by so fast, though. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy how we're all the way like to here. Well, what does it even matter to regular season? They have this playing tournament, so it doesn't matter if you land in the 7th or 8th seed because they can just do, you know, I want a day where the regular season is expanded to 150 games and then at the end for seeding they just play a big game of horse that's what I that's what that's I hope what they, they move do. to they've done it for baseball for years you play 160 games and you play a wild card it's ridiculous yeah. and you know and you, you know you got one guy who's not vaccinated doesn't play for 50 games and you sit Durant for 35 games and then you can still get into the playoffs as a 10 seed and, and still get a chance we're talking about you in the finals so that's today's NBA folks okay if you guys don't know James is a Cavs fan so that's why he's like not happy about the whole plan. Yeah, but played 82 yeah. games or in the eighth seed. Oh, no, you got to play these two games. They're more important than the previous 82 that you just played. Looking to do a WNBA Fantasy League? Then you should check out our M1 Podcast League for a whole season of fantasy fun. You can join using the link in description. Hope to see you guys there. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the A1 Podcast. Make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. That would be greatly appreciated. Our podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please rate our podcast five stars and review it so more people can listen just like you. And check out our Instagram and TikTok, at A1 Podcast, ending with an S. You can also, in the link in the description, check out our WNBA Fantasy League if you want to join for a whole season of fun. And we'll see you guys next time. And hope you guys enjoyed the NBA playoffs. Bye!